What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today, we are about to sit down with Dr. Sherry Keffer, and this woman is absolutely amazing. She um, she has an incredible story, and that story has led her to do some pretty incredible research and education which has led her to do some pretty incredible work. And so she's on a nationally syndicated radio talk show in America uh, based out of, I believe it's Newport, California. She also has authored a very powerful book called Intimate Deception, uh, Healing from Sexual Betrayal, and really has just pioneered a lot of work in the uh, betrayal trauma space. And so I know we've had a couple people talk about betrayal trauma. Maybe you're a guy listening to this going, Sathya, do we really need another guest to talk about this? But the one thing I've observed is um, pretty much everyone that we know, you know, that's in my space that talks about betrayal trauma, they all have different angles. Uh, some of them have would have even conflicting opinions about certain elements, and they all have different different uh, different sides of the coin to offer. And so you're going to learn something new. And if you are struggling and you're in a romantic relationship, whether you're dating, engaged, you're married, or if even if you're divorced, you're going to really learn a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about how to handle this well. And that's what we tried to focus on today was not like, this isn't like the what is betrayal trauma and you know, you guys gaining an understanding. This is like, what do guys do to help their partner when they're experiencing betrayal trauma? What do guys do to focus on their recovery and also handle conversations with their wife where they're not triggering them and and where they're not making things worse even though they're not trying to? Like We, we cover all of that ground and you're going to get a lot of clarity today. And even if you're single and you're like, bro, I'm going to get this stuff taken care of before I ever meet my significant other, there's still going to be some nuggets in here for you about even just how to broach those subjects. And um, hopefully it'll give you just an understanding of what your life's going to look like if you don't get this dealt with. And I can assure you, every married man struggling with porn uh, will warn you, now is the time to get free. Do it. So uh, this is a very robust interview. Dr. Sherry's amazing and, um, and just a, a really sweet lady. I learned a lot from her. I'm very grateful to have connected with her. And I know you guys are going to feel the same way when all is said and done. So without further ado, this is my, uh, my interview with Dr. Sherry Keffer. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Uh, well, I'm here with Dr. Sherry Keffer, and uh, I am so privileged to have uh, such a strong and powerful voice on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Sophia, I am grateful to be here. And you know what? I love that I get to talk to your audience. We've, You and I have talked offline about those that follow you and listen to your podcast. And what I know from what you've told me is that they're learners. They mm-hmm. really want to help uh, the partner that's been betrayed heal. And that warms my heart from the get-go. So I look <laughs> forward to our conversation together. Yeah, me too. Me too. And um, I, I think of all the people to learn from, uh, you're at the top of the list on this subject that we're going to really do a deep dive on today, which is betrayal trauma and just all the different dynamics that come with this. And I think like most people in this space, Dr. Sherry, you have a personal story to accompany the work that you do. And I'm wondering if you can give us a little bit of a snapshot of what you experienced with your first husband that kind of led you to doing some of the specific work you're doing these days. Yeah. So let me be a little vulnerable with saying that. um, So my husband, Connor, and I met, we actually met long distance and dated for a year and then got married. So that (laughs) might tell you a little bit about me. Um, I can, can I pause say- for a sec? I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but you met long distance. How long ago was this? Because I think people hear that now and they're like, well, yeah, it's online. Anyone can meet long distance. I'm going to get that. That might have been before online dating. So um, it was before online dating. Uh, I was actually going to a Bible college and I met his brother and his wife. They had three kids who I adored, got really close to them. And it was just one day I said, Hey, if you ever find out you have a long lost brother, fill me in. And so he <laughs> fill me in. 
And that was um, was a beautiful day. He introduced me to his brother. Now his brother was living out of state. So we did see each other uh, once a month. We would travel, either he would come here or I would travel from where I was living. And so you were always up. You were always excited. You were always looking forward to being with each other. But I consider myself trauma squared. And what that means is I have trauma in my family of origin and trauma in my relationship with Connor. Hmm. And so I didn't know how to be really intimate. When I can when I consider what intimacy is, it's into me, you see, you know me. Right. You know the nooks and crannies. You know the areas that um I don't want anyone to know. And because both of us met, we dated long distance. We really didn't get to know each other well. Hmm. And I didn't know about his porn addiction and sex addiction at that point. What I knew was one thing. I knew that Connor had called a 900 line. Now, a 900 line back in the day, that would be like a sex line today. But there there was talking going on and I had no idea that it was a real person. I thought it was a recording of some kind. And that just shows you how naive I was. But once I found out about that, he told me about that. It, it really broke my heart. I talked to his brother and I was confused, but you know, um, I just had to look at my own life and I went, all right, I'm not perfect. Um, And I forgive gave him that day and then moved on. What I didn't know is I didn't know to ask more questions, to dig deeper, to find out, is this one time or is this something I, I I spiritualized it, which is a form of denial. I spiritualized it that day and forgave him and then moved on. And once we got married, the pornography came up within the first year of our marriage. And I felt crushed because I didn't know why as a new bride who had saved myself for him, how in the world and why would you be looking at pornography? Hmm. And eventually in our marriage, there was pornography, affairs, prostitutes. If things continued, we didn't get help. We didn't go deeper into the work. He didn't, he went to SA one time and said that, it's not for me. I'm not like the guys in there. And so didn't go back. And I went to a a group for women who'd been betrayed. But to be honest, after probably three or four groups, I was depressed. I thought, (laughs) I don't want my life to look like theirs in 10 years from now. And so I left that support group and neither one of us uh, we're actually looking at what was going on. And mm-hmm. so sadly, things got worse. Now, my my marriage to Connor ended in a divorce, a casualty, but God has used that casualty, at casualty and my life has been anything but that. He's restored my heart. And now I get to be with you Cynthia, and those of you that are listening today, because my heart truly is to help you heal. And every time I'm working with a sexually betrayed partner, I feel like I'm reaching in to help pull her husband out from the other side, from the bar, from the sexual acting out, from all of the deception, from stuff that just erodes relationships. And that's why I'm here. And I'm committed to helping people heal and not only helping them heal, but helping them heal well. Wow. That is amazing. And one thing I, I think is worth noting, just because, you know, I, I was a pastor for 10 years before God called me into this line of work. Connor was in pastoral ministry. Is that correct? He was. Yeah, he was a pastor. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, sadly a, a much more common story than we would care to admit. Um, we definitely, we're going to get into all of it because your work helping um, betrayed women is fascinating. And there's a lot that, that the guys listening could learn from. But I just wanted to ask about one thing. You said spiritualizing can be a form of denial. Could you talk about that? Because that's, I, that's a pretty profound statement. I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. When I, um, I put together something, it's called my, it's my empowerment wheel and I don't have time here to talk about it. I talk about it in my brave one community, but, um, I tried to think about what are the areas that we get stuck? What are the areas that we lose our voice? What are the areas in our life, which cause us all to feel powerless, helpless? Like, Um, maybe we're blaming somebody else or we're feeling like there's nothing I can do about it. When I felt that moment, that gut punch moment of powerlessness, like there's nothing I can do about him calling the 900 line. He Hmm. already did it. What I did was this. I first talked to his brother, which made sense, but then I put, I put my hand over my eyes. Right. Denial is a form of not looking at what's going on because it's so painful. That would have meant that, you know, we would have had a problem in a relationship. Maybe I wouldn't have been together and I was captivated by him. I wanted to be with him. And so it was a coping strategy for me. But denial is when we minimize, ignore, make excuses, um, spiritualize, yeah, you know, say, yeah, but I'm not, I don't want to go there. Right. Yeah. It's, we avoid doing the very thing that we need to do, which is being brave to talk about what just happened right yeah. then and right there. And the opposite of denial is da, 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 reality. Yeah. Reality is acknowledging what's true. It's when we get honest with ourselves and others, and we take steps to own what's going on and deal with it. And I didn't want to be in reality. It hurt me to be in reality. Um, and I think for betrayed partners, when I work with them and I want them to find their voice, I want them to not be living like this because it's not helping. It's not helping them and it's not helping their partner, the yeah. one who's acting out. When both people are in denial, there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on. And you know this from having been a pastor and somebody who also struggled with pornography is you lived a double life. Like you knew what you were doing. Every time you looked at pornography, you weren't necessarily, you weren't in denial. You were in deception. Yeah. And when, so with partners, because the one who's acting out knows what they're doing, They're not only, you know, maybe they have denial over pornography and how it harms us, but truly they're in deception and that deception erodes our relationships. Wow. And so coming into truth, coming into integrity is coming out of that hiding and actually getting into reality and being honest about what's going on for the purpose of healing the relationship. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And it's, it is so true. Denial really ultimately is deception. And um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I, I guess uh, this will be a, next, a nice segue into you know your line of work. One of the things we tell our guys, if they are in a situation like Connor was, where you have sort of this hidden life, or you know I was in this situation as well, and then you know you're sort of trying to compartmentalize, trying to kind of downplay or deny it. There's basically only two ways those situations end: either you confess or you get caught. And obviously, it's more than just a moment of confession, but we just we tell our guys to illustrate that like, hey, you have a chance to actually do something here and prevent this from like really um, like downward spiraling and getting out of control um, by stepping up and, you know, at least having a conversation um, and, and getting the ball rolling. I'm wondering if you could talk to somebody who's listening who's maybe like, I know that I probably should do that, Dr. Sherry. Like, I know that's the right thing to do, but what if she leaves me? What if uh, I lose my reputation, you know, maybe for someone who's public facing, um, there's a bunch of what ifs that typically would stop somebody from doing the thing, even though they know it's right. Um, As somebody who's been on the other side of this, I'm wondering if you can just maybe shed a bit of light on why somebody should, should come out with it to, to at least get the ball rolling in their relationship. Great question. So before I actually go there, let me talk about one other element that I learned by working with and getting close to those who sexually act out. And that's that not only is there deception in the relationship, but there's self-deception. So phrases like this, like, I can't tell her because it would hurt her. 
Hmm. Or my marriage is going to fail if I let her know what's going on. Or I just think it's better to take it to the grave. I just don't, I don't, I need to protect her. Like all those statements, um, you know, it's, and sometimes even I think of another one, it's not hurting anyone. Like hmm. it's done in private and all those self-deceptions actually keep us from stepping out in integrity. Now, my research with 100 women showed this, and this is just to give y'all some assurance. Truth be told, um, when I asked the betrayed partners, what was worse? Is it the sexual acts that have been done? Or is it the continued pattern of lies and the self-deception? Do you know that 65% of them said it's the actually the acting out, the lies. I mean, it's it's the lies that's the worst. And the acting out was pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> pornography fairs, prostitutes, porn. I mean, it was all of it. I have a whole list of all the acting out. And they said, even knowing that, it's those continued patterns of lies that hurt me. Wow. Yeah. And so when I said, if the one you're with, if they were willing to do what you did, um, Saitha, and, and get serious and, and start working on your integrity and get sober and work on the porn, whatever the acting out behavior is, I said, how many of you would stay if they were to get honest, get sober and and stop lying? Do you know how many of them said they would stay? And we find that in our work, the truth of it is when she finds out, let's just use pornography for the sake of our conversation. When she finds out about the porn use, most often than not, it's going to impact her. It's Hmm. going to hurt her. It will hurt her more if you go your life and and don't tell her and she finds out or catches you um because she she will feel not only a breach of trust you didn't tell me but you've been keeping it from me it's been a secret and how long has this been going on and and a betrayed partner goes back and looks at the babies we have together and the events we've gone together and the times that we've shared you know all kinds of you know vacations and it's like how long has this been going on? Huh. And, you know, that's where things get harder for them because they feel like they've been living a lie. That right. It's not been honest. And is it, is it that like, okay, the behavior, they could, you know, they could forgive that. They can understand that, you know, someone's behavior can change. But um, when somebody's hiding, that's more a statement about someone's character, right? And their integrity, so does it make it harder for them to trust again? Is that why it's more damaging or what exactly is like, why is it that that part is so much more devastating than, you know, the infidelity or the adultery itself? I think it's because um, I think it goes back. Let's just talk married couples for a second. Yeah. It goes back to vows. We've made huh. a vow to forsake all others. Pornography right. is others. If you yeah. ask women how they feel about mm-hmm. pornography, there, um, there's a woman that wrote a book called The Affair of the Mind. And I think Lori did an amazing job of explaining how we as betrayed partners experience being exchanged for pornography, cyber sex, this virtual world. It, it, it causes us shame. It makes us question our bodies. It makes us question who we are. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. And so that, and then often, um, say that what happens is if, um, if a wife or significant other, whether your boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, if that person asks, are you looking at pornography? What is the answer more often than not? Tell me from your own experience. <laughs> no, uh, or I used to, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so being asked what that does is it creates a lie. So right. the, the trade partners go, but I've asked you, I've come to you 
Honestly, I've asked you multiple oh, times. Right. Yeah. In their gut, they feel like something is going on. They they don't feel as connected in the relationship. They they feel maybe they notice that their significant other is looking at other women and they start to feel insecure. I mean, their gut is their their own truth detecting system. And you know, our guts are second brain. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is our intuition is so important. So when they get a lie back that is a breach of trust. Hmm. It's a breach right. of trust. And so it starts a whole nother trajectory is I, I can't trust you if you're lying to me. And I think we would prefer to have you say, yeah, yeah, I am. And I know that's going to hurt you to tell you this and I've been hiding it, but yeah. Okay. okay. Now, at that point, and I have this, there's a grenade <laughs> that goes off, right? Um, and I just want to be honest. That's a trauma. But being honest about that, being willing to do the work, being willing to go, hey, I will do whatever it takes to figure out what I need to do to get unhooked by this. Because it's it's got a hold on my life. Yeah. Because think about it. I talk about this in my in, in my book. Um, you know, we intimate deception, healing the wounds of sexual betrayal. I mean, think about this. We are we're together in a in a battle in life. And you know, we connect arms, we have times where our kids and us are in a foxhole and we're 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 working through life together, battling whatever comes our way. Yeah. What happens is the one who's acting out throws a grenade into the foxhole and boom, which was once this place of safety in the foxhole now becomes a bigger hole. Hmm. And on the back of my grenade is actually a heart. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. So it hurts our heart to find out what hurts us more is when you lie and we have to find out some other way by yeah. catching you and because that is integrity it's not just the sexual acting out that right. we're contending with it's the deception yeah that makes so much sense. I, I really relate with that. I've been on the other side of it as well. I, I got cheated on when I was in a previous relationship. And and even just, I remember had the way I found out in of itself was so traumatizing because I had to ask questions and it took forever to get the truth. And um, what, what you're saying just uh, really resonates and makes sense. So I know that for our listeners, like this is something we're really big on in the podcast is um, this is like when you're going through recovery, Yes, your primary focus as the guy who has been messing up, who has a problem, focus on recovery. But once you get recovered, it's not just all daisies and roses. The marriage goes back to the way things used to be. Like you're only one half of the equation. And I'm wondering if you can just, uh, again, like shed some light on what what is going on in um, in the woman's situation the, or the betrayed partner situation. And I think specifically, maybe as a starting point, um, what what is um, what what should a guy do? Like if he's he's engaged in recovery, he's listening to this, he's saying, "Oh, wow, okay." So my wife has her own stuff. Um, is there a way that he can broach that conversation, even maybe just to begin with? Because I know a lot of women and a lot of the, the wives or partners of our clients. They don't even know betrayal trauma is a thing, right? They just think it's all him. He's got his issues, and thank God, like he's getting you know rid of it, and we should be good to go. How could from a uh, from the guy's perspective, how could he broach that conversation um, without it sounding like he's trying to shift the blame to her or that kind of thing? Is there is there a way to do that and to have that conversation well? Yeah. So probably when you're doing it, it's better to not talk about it it's better to enter in with the impact of what's happened in the relationship it's hmm. better like let me give you an example okay let's say somebody has been sexually betrayed and they go into a professional like 
uh, it's a lot like being in a car accident with somebody whose arm is hanging on a tendon and they go in and the doctor looks at the person and goes, Ooh, I can see you're in a lot of pain. Right. And then that doctor looks at that person who's in a lot of pain and asks if they can tell me about the time you fell out of the tree when you were eight years old, when the person has got a dangling arm from the car accident, they were just in. <laughs> so when we go to the family of origin, when we say, well, it's your stuff. I know you grew up in a family, blah, 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 blah. You've lost her at hello. You've, you've lost right. her because it's about the car crash. It's about the betrayal trauma. We have to broach that first. In my Brave One community, I talk about, I have my betrayal recovery roadmap. This is a path for betrayed partners to heal, which starts with D-Day. That's that's the initial boom, finding out, you know, Discovery Day, kind of like Pearl Harbor. (laughs) And then there's these other times of acting out. But I'm telling you, betrayed partners, 76% of those that I did my research on have symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm. just like people that come back from being in wars, you know, they, just like people that were responding to 9-11, first responders, people that are in a flood or hurricane or people, um, sadly, who are experiencing in Ohio that horrible tr- um, train crash and everything that's going on and everyone's scared. So that's like the in, the impact of the trauma. And I tell women, I say, guess what? 76% of us, three out of four. And I encourage them to get on their own gurney to heal Hmm. because they have symptoms of post-traumatic stress. They're more irritable. Their mind is spinning, ruminating over what happened. They're in hypervigilance. It's like they're supposed to be in hypervigilance because their safety's been threatened. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not doing as well with the kids. They're not doing as well with you. Right. Um, we, Our bodies are shutting down. We may be depressed. We may be anxious. I just want you to know the one who you know found out, she or he, whoever the one partner is that you know has been betrayed, they're not doing this on purpose. This right. is post-traumatic stress. It's a real thing. Sooner that they can get into their own care, not because she's got issues, but because she's got trauma. And when I work from a trauma model with the women that come into my community, because I want them to heal. I want them to get stronger, Sophia. I, I want them to find their voice. I want them... They want to work. They're in it to win it. And so why wouldn't I want to fortify them and help them clean out the shrapnel that's been a part of the blast when they found out? And why wouldn't I want her to get stronger and know her own path of healing, which includes her significant other? There's steps here that include those of you that are listening right now to me, because I want them to get good care. I want them to heal and yeah. I don't want it to be years of, you know, bleeding out slowly in right. or in the coupleship. They don't yeah. have, to. you don't have to, you can get help. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's why we do what we do as well for the same reason. It took me way too long to find the health and the healing that I needed. And uh, I want it to be shorter for the guys we work with. So yeah. I, I guess a question, a follow-up there is like, there's kind of these parallel paths, right? Because you have the guy who's in recovery and the things he's focusing on is going to be different than what the betrayed partner's focusing on. When when they're going through this process, what are things the guy should be doing and maybe some things the guy shouldn't be doing to be a support? Because like I said, like our audience, they know about betrayal trauma. They have an idea of what the woman might be going through or what that process might look like. But we've never necessarily talked about like, here's what you should do while you're in recovery. Here's some things you can do to actually strengthen your partner's recovery journey as well. Uh, what what are some things they can do? And I I thought it was really helpful even for you to talk about like 
don't do this because I think uh, most guys would. Uh, what you were talking about earlier, like talking about family of origin and all that and not talking about the injury at hand. That was really helpful. Do you have anything in the, along those lines for when they're actually embarking on the journey together? Yeah, love it. Um, so, and I know I have all these visual A's, guys. I just, you know, this is I, them. I just have them. So in my book um, and at my braveone.com site, I have this resource which talks about the difference between the medic ah. and the mechanic. Okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, the mechanic is the guy that wants to fix what's going on. Like your wife is sad. She's hurting. She wakes up and you just know it's one of those moments that she's just not talking to you. If you try to fix it by saying, uh, what's wrong with you? That's fixing. It's judging. Hmm. Instead of saying, Hey, I notice that you're more quiet today. I'm just wanting to check in with you to it, it to see if it has something to do with me and maybe how I've hurt you. Hmm. Now, the medic is one that comes alongside his partner, like jumps in to help her heal. Um, the mechanic is trying to shift the conversation Um Fixer, the the mechanic, the uh, medic will listen. He will ask thoughtful questions, um, like "What's going on? What what just came up for you? Can you tell me why you're hurting?" Like I'm gonna listen, as I often say, I'm listening with elephant ears. I'm really trying and put it into your own words. If you say elephant ears, she might go. That sounds like something Dr. Sherry would say. So you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to listen sincerely to you um, yeah. to find out wh- what's going on. In my book, um, there's a chapter on how we can help her heal. And um, I go through this in great detail, but giving you actually language. And, you know, so many guys, their hearts are really wanting her to feel better. They don't like the fact that she's in pain. And so they want the pain to stop. But how many of us just go, I don't know how to do that. I don't have yeah. language. I didn't grow up in an environment where I knew how to do that. And a number of guys who have actually read my book, Intimate Deception, you know, it's crazy. They have more compassion because they read about the impact. I've had guys that have said, you know what? It was one of the toughest things I read. Um. Because I didn't know that I wanted to know that I wanted to know how it hurt her. But I'll tell you something. It gave me language. It helped me know the impact. I could talk to her better. And I've had guys say, we we read it together. We wow. just went through chapter by chapter. And then we talked. Now, that's that's helping to get the couple into the, the conversations around the trauma. Right. And the goal to heal. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. We will definitely put a link in the show notes to the book because um, just a fantastic resources for sure. Uh, if you're a woman listening, uh, you need to get your hands on that. But uh, I, I'm not surprised to hear what you just said, which is that I think for guys to read that would be incredibly insightful. So we'll make sure we get a link in the show notes. Um, I wanted to ask as a follow-up, I guess we kind of have assumed that in the conversation, the woman or, or again, the betrayed partner is open you know they 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 acknowledge that you know there's something on their end and they need to go through it what can a guy do if he's agreed to embark on recovery um but maybe the the other person is not really convinced that they need to do anything uh, that it's all on in his core and part of the reason i ask is because we've had some guys reach out to us who are like hey you know my wife has been basically exhibiting the ptsd symptoms and they are they're like i i want to say something but i know this is all my fault and i don't know who i am to say something and you know whatever and i think sometimes maybe we don't have the language or we don't even know how have the wherewithal to know how could we even broach the subject and maybe just start to make them aware that hey like there might be some support you could get as well um i know we already talked about it a little bit but i guess i'm just curious like is, is there anything else practical or or more granular that they can do to get them started on that track and help them realize their own trauma Yeah. And I love that you're asking, and I'm not trying to go back to what I just said. 
I have one pastor that has the, when guys come to him, he gives them all the book to read. Yeah. The reason I'm saying that is if you, first off, the gentleman you were just talking about, so much of this is fear. So much of it is I'm afraid I've caused it. I already feel shame. I don't want to hurt her more. Right. And I want to encourage that guy that you just talked about. He's like, I don't, I don't even know how to do this. It's okay to say, I've just noticed your heart. You've been down. You've been, I've just noticed that there's things that are that are changing. And I know that it's because of me. <laughs> and I have been reading this book about intimate deception, about betrayal. And you know what? I'm learning so much. It's hurting me to know how I'm hurting you. Right. So much about what's happened to you. And I guarantee you, if you were to have this on your bedside, now you may not, if you have kids, you may want to like, you know, put something, <laughs> put something flip it on. over or something. Yeah. <laughs> or you're just cover the front of the book or I don't care. Take the, take the front off or you know, I have a lot of creative people put contact paper on it, whatever. But there you go. If you have it there and she knows that you're sincerely trying to understand her hurt and her pain, do you know how that feels to someone who's been impacted by betrayal? That is the deeper work. It's like a, a burn victim, and you're you're trying and you know. You're trying to understand more about the day-to-day uh, aches and hurts and how vulnerable her skin is. Yeah. You're, and I, it'll give you what you need to talk about it because we're just so afraid and we have so much shame about entering into the conversation that we don't even start. Right. And I, I challenge you. I, I just want to challenge some of you that are listening that are, following you, Sathya, I mean, I would challenge 10 of you, 20 of you, do a little social experiment, get the book, read it, have it there on your bedside. Okay. Don't use it to manipulate. Don't use it to try to get what you want. Just use it to truly understand and start doing a deep dive around the impact and see how that changes the one partner who's not open to getting her care because more often than not she's going to say can i read that or you know can i see that or she might get curious hmm. and then when she starts reading it she's going to go uh yeah that's me and this <laughs> is what i say to betrayed partners i say i know i know this isn't fair i know this isn't what you wanted i know this hurts you deeply but what i also know is that nobody but nobody can get on your gurney yeah, Nobody right. can get on that gurney in the ICU ward, like I see you. No one can get on that gurney and get your healing, but you. He can't heal your post-traumatic stress symptoms. That's right. Yeah. He can't. And the the more you learn about your wounds and the impact and the more tools you have, people end up in many, many women who have gone through my community are now out and about, they have something called post-traumatic growth mm. where they're stronger. Wow. They're caring for others. They're, they're stronger wives. Like they now have voices. They can have conversations with you. Um, they can share their feelings much better. Um, they now have, you know, things begin to transform. Um, they start to feel lighter. Wow. Eventually. Especially if the couple is getting the attention it needs. Um, so I just double dog dare you. <laughs> Try it and see if there isn't any changes. And it would be so cool if some guys got back with you. Yeah. And just said, hey, I just tried what Dr. Sherry said. And you know, the weirdest thing that happened, <laughs> we started talking about it. <laughs> And it opened up the conversation. She got more curious. She got more interested. And then it gets you both on a good path of healing. 
That's so good. Yeah, really good. Uh, I love PTSD, like post-traumatic um, yeah. stress growth. Like really, that's that was that's amazing. Very yeah. very helpful. Um, okay, uh, I had another question. So, um, so they're going they're going along in conjunction. Um, the woman's getting her help. The guy's getting his. And you talked earlier about how you were trauma squared. Uh, what a brilliant expression. And referencing the obvious trauma of betrayal that kind of, it sounds like it landed on pre-existing trauma from, you know, earlier parts of your life. Can you just talk a little bit about that dynamic and maybe help people connect the dots? I, I think I saw in one of your interviews, you said that in your survey, about 80% of the people that were surveyed had, uh, or were trauma squared rather. So yeah. suffice to say a majority, right? And obviously not all of them. Some of them are coming in completely clean, which is, um, you know, uh, amazing to, to not have any previous trauma, but for the, maybe for the majority where someone is listening to this and they are dealing with a spouse or a significant other who is trauma squared, what does that mean exactly? And again, is there anything that the guy can be doing to help them in that particular area? Yeah. So kind of you to ask, you know, what comes up um, is a story that I remember uh, where my compound break, right? Having growing up in a home with severe mental illness, severe. Okay. And um, I grew up not feeling like it wasn't okay to ask questions. It wasn't okay to have my own feelings. It's not okay to confront. Um, And I need to just keep, my thoughts and hurt and pain to myself hmm. grew up very disconnected. In fact, when I did, um, this is before Connor and I married, we went through some premarital counseling, um, some pastoral counseling and guess where I landed on the circumplex model. It's a, you know, a test that you give. My family is chaotically disengaged. Like, wow. Yeah. Warning sign. And Connor's <laughs> family was rigidly enmeshed. We were like on opposite ends of the spectrum. But because I grew up in a family that was chaotically disengaged, one day we were leaving uh, to go on an errand and uh, Connor forgot his wallet. We were walking out to his truck and he was like, oh, forgot my wallet. Let me go back in. Well, I ended up just getting into the truck and the seat was reclined just slightly. And I thought that's weird because I'm typically the one that sits in the seat, but I ended up looking and there was a long black hair on that reclined seat. Hmm. Now, I everything went to mush in that moment. Things slowed down. He was getting his wallet. A thousands of things ran through my mind. Like, is this one of the women in our ministry team? And then I actually started thinking of the women. I'm like, oh no, she has red hair. Oh no, I'm blonde, right? Oh no, she's got short black hair. This is a long black hair. As I was going through my mind, ticking people off um, the list, Connor comes back out. Now, you know what I did? I swallowed that pain and that moment like rancid meat. Hmm. I didn't talk to him about it. I didn't bring it up. I didn't know what to say. I was overwhelmed by my feelings. I mean, I never talked to him about it. I understand the impact and the trauma. That was a trauma event for me. Yeah. And I eventually found out that he had, you know, continued in pornography and it had moved to affairs and prostitutes and all that. So this was an affair partner that he was with, her hair. But it was that one thing. And I think. Because of my vulnerability, it wasn't until I continued doing deeper work, not only around the sexual betrayal, but doing work around finding my voice, around what I really believed about myself, that it's not okay to speak my mind. It's not okay to share my emotions. Well, now you know what I believe? It's okay to share my mind. It's okay to share my thoughts. I I can do that. Yeah. And I, it's okay. Like my, you know, I have a, um, 
a Facebook live that I do when it says you have the right to say enough is enough. And that might sound kind of bold to some of you. Like I have a right to say enough is enough, but I didn't know that I did. Hmm. So yes, we have, it's okay for us. It's an issue of our dignity. It's an issue of safety. It's an issue of trust. It's an issue of partnership. We we were not consent. I was not consenting. I didn't, you know, Connor didn't come to me and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm going to look at pornography or I'm going to act out with other people or I just want to talk to you about that. That, yeah. that consent, I didn't get any of that. And so it's non-consenting acting out. We don't know about it. And that's where the issues of trust. So how can you help us? Um, by not judging us. Um, by listening, by offering understanding or trying to offer understanding when we're deeply hurt or we get triggered. I mean, triggered is this. Even now, I mean, Sophia, I'm married to a man, married nine years now. I call my kinsman redeemer. (laughs) Kyle, my husband now, isn't the one who sexually betrayed me. But you know that I get triggered with him. I mean, it's, I get triggered and he has to walk with me through my moments where I am reactive. In my book, I talk about, there's a section called Not So Merry Christmas. Kyle is the guy that I had in an orange jumpsuit ready to go off to jail because we were out on a date and there was a situation that happened at this party and I got triggered and we got back in the car and I will not even tell you the words that I was saying, but they were not nice words. I was irate. I was triggered and we broke up that night because I had put all this pain, all the pain of things that have happened to me, I put on him. And I, I'm responsible to deal with my triggers, but I'm also, I need someone who is going to hear me and realize that there's a source for my pain. I'm not doing this because I want to. A trigger yeah. is, is a sign that there's some healing that still needs to happen. Yeah. And they, they do happen with betrayal trauma. And so when you... When you lie to us, when something that is called gaslighting happens, and let me just talk from a compassionate stance, let me tell you what it is. Gaslighting is when somebody twists the truth to make you believe that something is wrong with you or you're crazy in order to cover up something that's going on. Now, it's it's considered psychological abuse. Now, I talk with a lot of couples, and I have many, many men that when I explain what it is and we unpack the situation that happened where he put it on her, like whatever happened, it's like, you're, you know, he might've said something like, is it ever going to be enough for you? Like nothing I can do is right. Or you're so emotional about this, or you just need to calm down. Like all of those things can spin us out like a top. And those gaslighting is like an instant trigger event Mm -hmm. because we know that we're not crazy. We feel like crazy in that moment, but crazy is happening around us. But I have lots of guys when I'm explaining gaslighting, they're like, I do that fairly often. And I go, Mm. I know. know. (laughs) That's why you're here. That's why we're talking about it. But you probably realized how that's hurting her. And guys that get that, guys that begin to understand it, guys that start going, oh, yeah, I do that. And I don't want to hurt her that way. And they begin to make changes in what they do when they have shame pop-ups, right? They begin to take more ownership or humble down or whatever. You can really help the one who's betrayed heal better because she's not against you. You know, you're trying to walk it out with her. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the same team. So, um, I think a, a, a nice place to land this, you, you just shared such a neat story with Kyle. Like you talked about being triggered. You break up that night. Obviously, uh, that's not where the story ended. You guys are together. You've been married nine years. 
And um, you casted a little bit of a vision of what happens when this process is done well, you know, which is that you feel confident in your own skin. You feel like you can share how you feel. Um, those those inhibitions aren't there anymore. And you're really able to step into the woman that God's made you to be. And I know that every guy listening wants that for their spouse, whether they're currently married or their future spouse. Can you can you give us any practical things that Kyle did that really helped you get to that place, Dr. Sherry? Uh, Kyle has never blamed me for my emotional pain. Hmm. Never. Wow. He's never blamed me for my emotional pain. Now he has been on the receiving end of it, which felt like barbs. I mean, if he was sitting right next to me, he'd say, yeah, oh, there were times that it hurt. Like, yeah. But he never blamed me because he kept the perspective that I'd been wounded. Now, my triggering events, I just want you all to know, they don't happen as often as they used to. Like now when we're going someplace, like we live near a a beach and sometimes we go down, you know, downtown to go, you know, into a shop or something. And um, there are women that are walking up and they're scantily dressed. And I will, before we go, I just say, hey, we're going to be going down to one of the shops there to get a gift for whoever. And if you notice a woman that is walking up the sidewalk and she's not wearing very much. Would you do me a favor and honor me by just looking away? Wow. My husband does that now. So he has good radar. He will see there's a woman come up. Is he responsible for that woman that's scantily dressed? No. But is he responsible for what he does to protect me? Yeah. Wow. He is my Hercules. He's the guy that goes and we'll be walking and all of a sudden, you know, he'll look and he'll go, well, that's an interesting store. I kind of really, what a pretty da da da. And I'm like, and then I go, oh, there's somebody that's coming up. (laughs) I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what that does? That just makes my heart swell with like, I'm so thankful, like, because he's protecting me. And whether you're the one that's listening, you're the guy that has acted out and you're the one that's caused her harm. You know what? You can protect her heart now you can begin to be proactive. Like, don't wait for her to tell you what to do with who you're looking at. Like, be mindful of when you're out, care for her. Yeah. And when you do that, she sees it, she'll feel it. Now, she might not have a parade for you in that moment, which we kind of want a parade because we work hard (laughs) to protect. Yeah. But, you know, she'll notice she'll begin to feel safer when you're responsible and you have your heart focused in on her. Mm -hmm. Um, It does make a difference. Yeah. That's really powerful. What a, what an amazing story. Very cool example. So uh, man, I, this could have gone on for another hour, Dr. Sherry. I I could talk to you all day. Very helpful and so insightful. I know people are going to want to find out more about you. You have a very powerful book. And so we'll, we'll link that, but you also have a community where you're doing some pretty phenomenal work and and a show. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what you're up to. Yeah, thank you. So I have uh, my Brave One community. It's um, braveone.com forward slash community, B-R-A-V-E-O-N-E.com. And you'll probably put that in there for them as well. Absolutely. What, what it is, is it's for women who have been sexually betrayed by some way, pornography, affairs, cyber sex, prostitutes, emotional affairs, sexual affairs, whatever the sexual acting out is, We're there to support her on her path. Um, In the community, I lead the women through something called a Brave One journey. So it's from ground zero, which is D-Day, right? Teach them about this and what they need to do when they're triggered, what they do at ground zero. And then I work to help get them stabilized through the journey. I actually work with them at changing some of those shame beliefs, the lies that get wired in at 
the acting out events because I want them to get their truth back on. Yeah. Um, I actually talk about the two pillars, which are safety and truth. And I, I help them become a stronger, clearer, um, more fortified, more empowered version of themselves. Um, my empowerment wheel, I'm do live Q and A's with them. So I'm amazing. So I'm like working the wheel with them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me help you. Where are you at on the wheel? And how can you get out of reactivity into a stronger responding stance? So it's very interactive. Um, I do a ton of teaching, um, Q and A's. So I get to be up close and personal with them. Um, and they also have access to groups and I have coaches that have all been certified in betrayal trauma. They've all gone through it like myself, except they've gone on to get educated so, um, they can heal. And I do retreats also. Um, I have what's called a bravery after betrayal. It takes fear of strength retreats that are up close and personal. Um, it's an intensive time to, to come and heal face to face. So if you're interested in any of that, if you want your wife to heal in um, in a way that she can be validated, supported, heard, cared for, um, and grow stronger, that is an option um, to come and, and have her do some work in recovering from the sexual betrayal. Amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll put links to all that in the show notes. And for the guys who are listening, um, I think it's one of the best gifts that you can give your wife is just resources or a, an incredible support group like this. It's going to communicate that you care. And it's also going to show that you're not trying to be the mechanic fixing it. You're willing to be the medic who's just providing those resources and um, and really just willing to invest in her development and her growth as well. So we'll definitely put links to all that. Dr. Sherry, thank you so much for your time today. This has been amazing. Thank you. I totally appreciate you so much. Um, Sathya, thank you. And you brave on in what you're doing with everyone you're caring for and helping change. I appreciate you as well. We're like two bookends. Yeah. <laughs> We're really trying to work for the same goal. And, and thank you for letting me be a part of the conversation today. It was a pleasure. Well, there you have it. That was my interview with Dr. Sherry Keffer. And uh, like I said, lot, lots to learn, lots to take in. She has a lot of wisdom. And I'm not going to lie, part of me wishes this was a video podcast because she had some great visuals. Uh, we did record, so maybe we'll throw this up on YouTube. Uh, we don't really do that too much anymore, but um, it might be worth it for her. Uh, look, if you found any value in what she's doing, you need to um, you need to get your hands on her resources as a man, you need to do this so that number one, you can understand your wife's side of it better. But number two, so that if, you know, maybe your wife's not ready to get the help she needs, well, at least have the resources ready for when she is. Or if your wife is struggling and is like, well, this is great that you get all this help through Cynthia's podcast, or maybe you're in my program. But what am I supposed to do? Well, now you have an answer. Brave One Community is an incredible place. And obviously the book Intimate Deception would just be a great place for you guys to uh, to further this recovery journey. Um, we, are, we are actually thinking about just retooling all of the resources we provide to the wives of our struggling um, clients because because uh, Dr. Sherry's stuff is so good. I think I, think I want to integrate it in there. So Cannot recommend it enough. And if you are a man struggling and maybe you you know that your marriage is on the line or it could be on the line, uh, maybe you have caused some considerable betrayal trauma and you know that you got to get clean so you don't keep re-traumatizing your significant other, well, uh, we would love for you to consider Deep Clean. I would love for you to consider Deep Clean. This is the program that I've designed that basically has helped hundreds of men from around the world experience freedom. Uh, this is my own design. So it's based on my own story. It's based on my 10 years as a pastor and it's based on my years as an academic researcher at my university. And we've kind of combined it all to create a program that seems to be having some pretty uh, crazy results. And so I think if you feel like you've hit the wall, you don't know what your next step is, you don't even know what you would do if there was a next step, uh, Deep Cleaning is definitely worth your consideration. So I put a link in the show notes for you to book a time with somebody from our team if you want to find out more. Uh, we'll give you some resources, we'll try to understand your situation better, and then we'll see if it makes sense for us to move forward. 
And uh, I'll just be frank, uh, probably, let's see, of you know all the calls that are booked, we probably cancel about 50% of them because we look through and we realize, ah, th- th- we're not the right person for this situation. Um, and so we, we are not, this is not like the book a call and you know we'll try to sell you on our thing. Uh, this is like, in, like really extensive. We want to make sure that we can actually help you because it looks better for our business just from a standpoint of like our success rate is way better and people have a better experience with us and uh, we would not want somebody to be in our program that doesn't belong in it and maybe God's got somebody else to serve them. So uh, I mean that sincerely. Uh, the link is in the show notes there if you want to book a time and we can have a chat and see if it makes sense. Uh, in the meantime, guys, have an amazing day. I'm cheering you on. Wishing you guys an incredible day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.